to Talk FX, where we promise to keep the conversation honest and real for our Fragile X community. We are a group of moms of Fragile X children, self-advocates, and full mutation carriers from Washington, Idaho, and Oregon, all on a mission to share our stories and experiences in the hopes of reaching more Fragile X families and creating more awareness of Fragile X syndrome. So with that in mind, let's jump right in to this week's episode of Talk FX. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Talk FX. This is our second episode of the new year, and I'm really excited for what we have planned to talk about today. I'm joined with Debbie. Um, she is a mom to Skylar, who um, has full mutation fragile X. She's been on multiple episodes of uh, Talk FX, just sharing different bits and pieces of Skylar's journey with fragile X, and we've been so grateful for that. Um, so, thank you so much for being on today's episode. I feel like I haven't talked to you since last year. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I hope you're doing well. I hope Skylar's doing well. Um, how are things going for you both uh, in this new year? Um, pretty good. Um, I just found out he gets to go to school four days a week instead of two days. So I'm really excited for that. That starts next week. Oh, great. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited that he's going to go to school four days a week because he really needs to be in school. He definitely makes more growth when he's in school. Yeah. He, does, he just thrives better. He really needs to be around his peers and, and you know, just for the social and, and academics and, you know, the different not being at home all the time, you know. So I think it's, right. it's I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, it's just he's able to have more of a routine that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, junior high has been really good to him. So I'm I'm just really excited. He has an amazing teacher. And yeah. so I'm just super excited. Didn't that. you tell me that he uh, that he started at a new school or is it a new teach? just a new teacher? Or maybe that was someone else. <laughs> that he was? That, did Skylar um, start at a new school this year? Or I I thought he... Yeah, he okay. did. He started junior high. Okay. So, yeah, he, he was at uh, elementary for... Let's see. He was at Hunt for, like, six years. Okay. All right. That's what I thought. I knew that there was some sort of transition going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's great. I'm so glad he has a great teacher that really does make all the difference. Um, yes, it does. Well, let's um, jump into our first uh, topic that um, I'm excited to tackle. Um, and that is um, just approaching aggressive behavior. When children with fragile X... Um, are you know, hyper aroused, you know, it can be really tough to calm them down and, and figure out ways um, that help them to uh, effectively, um, you know, find some peace, I guess you could say, um, and just 
kind of calls. So um, I don't think we've ever talked about this particular subject with um, with your son, Skylar. But is this something that he ever, you know, um, experiences and that you and your husband have had to um, figure out ways to uh, support him in, you know, um, when he is uh, having aggressive behaviors that he's um, just you're able to calm him down or or what are some uh, experiences with it that you've had um, with Skyler he like if he gets frustrated or angry um, we usually you know try to uh, validate his feelings so using phrases like uh are i can see that you're angry are you angry skylar yeah um you know um and talking him through it and sometimes he'll be like open to be like yeah i'm i'm angry and then asking him you know why and he'll sometimes he'll say you know why he's angry and we can you know talk it through with him and problem solve with him um sometimes we need to remove the antecedent so the antecedent is what's causing his breakdown so removing that or redirecting him to something else um usually you know sometimes gets his mind off what he was actually um getting frustrated about so maybe it's a video game or um for instance that he's trying to play and he's getting frustrated with it and so we remove that and redirect him to something else right so a lot of times that that can help with redirection um because i know because i work special ed too so in my experience with kids not not just skylar but with kids with behavior issues you always have to think of what is the antecedent so what was happening before they got aggressive what happened before they got angry and had an outburst and what it what's that specific thing that may be causing the outburst and removing that and redirecting a lot of times you know and then they'll they'll be like oh well, my mind, you, my mind is, uh, was on X, and I was ticked off about that. But now you're asking me A, so a lot of times they're they're okay once they're removed from whatever's frustrating them. If that makes yeah, sense, yeah, of course. Um, I think that validating feelings is is a huge thing for sure, and um, helping, especially if the you know if the fragile X child is verbal, um, it's helpful to, you know, get them to use their words. Right. And, um, but I think about too, with, you know, families that have nonverbal fragile X children, you know, how do you go about handling, um, their behavior, whether it's aggressive or, or they're angry, you know, what, what's, what is a good approach to families that have, um, children that are nonverbal. Um, you know, if 
they're using like a sign language or say they're using um emotion emotion pecs like simple ones one with maybe an angry face one with a sad face you know those emotions that they can possibly point at and and be you know be able to to say you know or using maybe a communication device maybe if they have a communication device with those emotions they can see you know and they can some of the even I've seen nonverbal kids use communication devices to say, I am angry and um, it or point to the peck that has the angry face or the sad face or whatever. And using those kind of communications to help helps them have a voice. And so I think once you give them a voice, you know, they realize that they can they have help letting you know what is going on and so I think that's really important to you know constantly talk to your kids whether verbal or nonverbal, about emotions and giving them a voice and showing them you know how they can communicate that when they need to yeah absolutely and um because you know of course the hope is that they will become verbal you know, in time and be able to express their feelings without using those resources. But it's a great start for families, for sure. And um, we have to be able to, you know, uh, support our children, whether they're verbal or nonverbal, and help them to figure out the way that works best for them to communicate their feelings or, or what they desire or, you know, something like that. So, um, which can really result yeah. in lessening the aggressive behavior. So the more we're able to help our uh, children express how they're feeling or what they desire, um, the less that they are, um, you know, to result in frustration or aggressive behaviors. Um, and, you know, you can yeah. even think about that in our own lives. Like if we're not able to communicate well with people, then, you know, we're going to get angry about it too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's kind of all, all relational. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm um, a huge advocate for using whatever is necessary um, to uh, help children communicate their feelings and, and everything like that. So um <laughs> He just wants to be on the podcast. He does. Can you yes, hear I him? He is being a turkey right now. He's like <laughs> trying to get my attention, and then he's oh, like that's Taylor. okay. You know, everyone listening totally understands. <laughs> yeah, he's being silly, trying to get my attention. Yes, son. <laughs> but like Skylar, he doesn't have one thing I think that we struggle with behavior wise is he does not have patience. Like he struggles with patience. Like he want when he's asking for something to eat or help with a video game or something and we are trying to finish up a task or trying to finish eating or whatever something he gets 
very frustrated with us and um, will become hyper aroused where he'll be just <laughs> yelling and slamming doors and you know he he doesn't understand the concept of uh, just give me a second mom needs to finish up such and such and he sometimes he just does not like that answer so that's one thing that we struggle with with Skylar is him having the patience to right. wait well and you know it's it's hard because um we we want to give our children their uh, the attention but we also at the same time want to um help them to develop that that um need to know patience and um i think about kind of my my cousin and just how he's grown up to become better at patience and i know that um just in my own experience and with in my aunt's experience um you know we've just said if if he asks for something we i know i've said to him like in maybe how about in 5 minutes or something like that and he'll understand yeah. that um and then sometimes if you just kind of give him a no he'll respond with oh, okay maybe later he says that a lot he says maybe later because he understands like not right now but uh, another time like maybe the next time that he he asks about whatever it is so um and I yeah. know that it's taken a little bit of time for him to get there but um that's just it's also sort of a repetition for um for Nathan like when you say not right now um he just responds with you know maybe later and so it generally does give him the um patience in a way that he needs but he also understands that he's not going to receive that thing that he's asking for right at that moment and so um I think that those things definitely take some time for individuals with projects to to understand but also it takes patience from us it takes patience to teach somebody else patience fancy that yeah <laughs> But it really does. You know, we have to have patience um, to teach somebody else patience. <laughs> it's For sure. so interesting how it works that way. <laughs> it does, right? <laughs> but um, no, thank you for sharing that perspective with Skylar. I, I know it can definitely be a difficult journey, but, you know, um, that's just you know, we're all in this together with, with teaching our, our kids different concepts. So, <laughs> um, he is scrunching a bottle, a plastic bottle under his feet on the floor. I don't know if you can hear that, yeah. but <laughs> Tyler, that's enough, buddy. In five minutes, mommy will play. Give me five minutes, please. We'll go to mommy's bed then. Daddy's up there. We'll go to bed. <laughs> I love this kid. He's, he cracks me He sounds me up. like a um, negotiator. He does. He is a negotiator. He's just like me. I was a negotiator That's when I was a awesome. kid. Well, you know, I say negotiators are the strongest of them all. <laughs> yes. Um, 
I think so too. So, um, was there anything else you wanted to share regarding, you know, aggressive behaviors and just maybe some advice you might have for parents with uh, kind of tackling that? Because I know not every child with Fragile X probably um, struggles with that, but I know that a good amount really do. So, yeah, it's just making sure um Sometimes even making sure that they have a quiet place to calm down or, you know, they have an activity that helps them to calm that they yes. can do. And just, you know, re reiterating their, or, or um, validating their yes. feelings and letting them know that it's okay for you to be angry, you know, but teaching them at the same time because they're yeah. smart kids. I mean, they're smart kids. They know, you know, teaching them safe hands. You are not being safe right now or, you know, you need to use safe hands and teaching them what that is and um, teaching them that either when they're verbal or nonverbal that they have a voice and that they can, they can express themselves. It'll look different, you know, but they can. They're right. very smart. No, I totally so. agree. Um so our, our next topic is kind of similar. Um, so what um, what is your experience with um, Skylar as far as when he kind of started to understand consequences and just um, uh, implementing discipline into, you know, uh, parenting? Like, how do you feel is that different for a child with fragile X versus a typically developing child? I think, you know, for Skylar, it has to be, um, for him, it, it has to be like a, a timeout or um, where he has to, um, you know, calm his body and he has to help problem solve what is going on so I think it looks different um you know for example spanking most most special needs parents don't spank their kids but a typically developing child might get a spanking for instance and that type of discipline when used correctly can be effective but on top of I think um with Skylar you know there's his video games or um, his TV or his iPad will be taken away and he'll be given a time, you know, in five minutes or when, you know, you calm your body down, you can have it back. And that, you know, just having him um, work through his feelings, I think is important, but letting him know that when you push or when you slam doors, this is, what's going to happen and so um helping him to understand and he's very smart so he understands when he doesn't get something um you know we ask him why aren't you getting that and he'll say I slam doors or I push mommy or you know so he we try to make it kind of you know so he understands 
the consequences. So right when he does something, so right when he pushes, not five minutes or 10 minutes after and say, you pushed mommy 10 minutes ago. No, it's the second that he does it, then he understands that, oh, I lost my iPad. But when I have safe hands and a safe body, I can have it back. Um, But I think typically developing children, you know, they, they can, they definitely communicate a lot more how they're feeling and, and they have some choice words sometimes of how they're feeling, you know, and kids with fragile X don't always communicate on that same level um, as a typically developing child. So I think that that can be hard. I think, you know, and that's, that's the first thing I thought of was the same thing, you know, and it's, you know, and so, but some kids, spanking doesn't work. They'd rather have the spanking than have the consequence of having something taken away. So it's that privilege, you know, and making them understand that, you know, especially with kids with fragile X, they understand when they get things that they enjoy taking away because they choose not to be safe or they choose to push and hit or whatever. Yeah. You know, and, um, it's, Again, you know, the same thing I was kind of saying about our previous topic, um, it, 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 it can really look differently how to um, address, you know, aggressive behavior or discipline um, with a child with fragile X who is also who is either nonverbal or verbal. Um, I think that there can be slightly ad- different approaches to children that are nonverbal because you have to show them in um, pictures or actions um, almost and kind of have them respond in, with using a, you know, a device or some sort of, um, you know, like you were sharing with how to express feelings using the different pictures of emotions. Um, it's like, how do you uh, approach discipline with a nonverbal child? You can't necessarily ask them to express how they're feeling verbally you have to ask them to express how they're feeling using something physical and so just with like discipline how do you approach discipline um with a fragile x child who's nonverbal? um you know that's that's a great question i mean kids who are nonverbal, you know i i deal with this with with our sped students and so we have some nonverbal kids students in our special ed wing and you know for instance one of them will get mad because they didn't get you know something that they wanted right away so they have a they have a visual schedule so they know first you know this task needs to be done and then you know you get your five minute break or whatever and sometimes that's not good enough. She wants her five minute break. She doesn't want to work. And so she'll kick off her shoes and she'll scream. And it's, and she understands, you know, we tell her, we show her the, the computer or whatever that she wants for break. And we tell her, you know, the, you don't get that. You know, your, your body is not calm. You're yelling, you're screaming. And she understands that. And then we walk away if we look at her or give her that attention, then she's very smart. She tunes in to, they're looking at me, 
I'm going to do it more. I'm going to scream more or whatever. And so I, I think with that, you know, these kids, these kids are very, very smart, but I, you know, to be honest, like a little kid, like maybe if he's three or four and he really doesn't understand these emotions, I think that for me, that would be a very, very hard situation for me because I wouldn't be sure what to do other than just keep trying to teach them in simple terms what right. emotions are, you know, and showing them pictures of emotions and kids, kids really get a visual of what it looks like especially like if they see you mad or they see you sad and crying then they get you know they start to see that and then the more they see it the more that they're gonna you know start to understand what that yeah, looks absolutely. like absolutely and to like I, I remember um with my cousin when he would be upset or he would just need to kind of um release his um you know anxiety or just kind of feeling overwhelmed um I remember he you know he he used to love like just you know being squeezed um and not only that but uh he he has a swing that he swings on all the Mm -hmm. time because it helps just him to uh, release kind of any anxiousness he's having or um, even hyper arousal. Um, it really just helps him with that. So um, I know that this is the same for, you know, even kids with autism, um, fragile X, and um, it just it, finding those different physical ways to release those, um, you know, ag- whether it's aggressive behavior or or, um, or frustration, you know, they can release it in a physical way, like swinging on a swing or, um, having a weighted blanket on them even, or for like a four year old, maybe, maybe that's better for them than trying to, uh, you know, kind of talk it out with them or, or maybe you do like a weighted blanket or a swing or something like that, um, first and then you kind of try and communicate um with them in the ways that you know as the parent they're able to understand um so yeah I feel like the overall kind of um uh theme I would say of of these two topics is to really just first calm your child down, whether that's using a physical approach, like I just shared, or using um, your words and trying to validate their feelings with your words. Um, You you as the parent have to decide which one is best for your child um, to use. And then, you know, you approach um, their behavior and share with them why, you know, it wasn't okay. And, um, that it's okay to be uh, angry, but it's not okay to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. Um, and so, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I've talked with so many parents um, with kids with Fragile X of all different age ranges, and they all ha- are different. Every child with Fragile X is different. They have different needs. 
Um, they have different ways of calming down. Um, they have different mm-hmm. things that, you know, they understand. And um, you just have to figure out how to cater to those um, to help connect yeah. with your child and, and provide, you know, what they need so that they don't become aggressive or so that they don't, um, you know, act out. And then you have to, you know, discipline them because, you know, not every child like Skylar understands time out or understands those types of yeah. things. So you have to use different approaches and, and it can definitely be a difficult journey, but I feel like so many of our podcast episodes ends up talking about the word patience. <laughs> um, I guess we can never yeah. have too much patience. <laughs> um, and just, uh, and you know, and I just thought of something um, that I remember a behavior specialist um, that comes to where I work all the time, you know, because we do have kids that, you know, she helps out with and stuff. And she always says that um, a lot of times giving them yeah. the power of choice. So if they're needing a calming activity, like let's say they need a weighted blanket or their swing. You can say, would you like your weighted blanket or swing? Would you like to go for a walk or maybe you want to ride your bike or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Because, because there are not only ways to kind of bring them calmness. um, I think it's also a way to, um, bring down maybe other feelings that they have, um, like whether they're yeah. aroused or maybe they have anxiety, um, they can release that in a, in that type of physical way. Um, so I yeah. think that, you know, with, with Skylar, he has particular things that work for him because, you know, partly because of his age, but also, you know, he's, he's verbal and, um, he understands, uh, everything that, you know, you and your husband say to him, uh, whereas there's other kids yeah. with fragile X that, you know, um, are at a different, you know, level than Skylar because they might be younger than him. Um, so, and, yeah. you know, obviously, obviously there's, there's different, um, spectrums of, of fragile X as well. Um, so, yeah, but, um, yeah, I think the power of choice, like you were saying is, is so important because it helps, it helps them to, um, to have, you know, a a decision in kind of the matter. Um, and I think it helps them process the situation too. But, um, I, I think that, um, what you said, just all all that you shared is so helpful because we have to figure out ways to help our children communicate. And, um, it can take a while or it can come fast, you know? (laughs) So, um, I'm sure that there's times where, you know, you feel like you're not, uh, able to, you know, help Skylar communicate his feelings. And that can be frustrating as a parent. Yeah. So. And uh, sometimes even his, his sister will, you know, step in and 
and give him, you know, hold him and give him pressure and help him uh, sometimes be able to calm down. And she's really good about that. Um, but also, you know, sometimes I think as parents and we need to, sometimes we have to play detective. So we have to figure out, okay, what is, you know, what is making my child tick? Like what happened in that situation, you know, and, and sometimes that helps to play detective. So figuring out what were they doing before this happened? And so trying to figure out, you know, if we can figure out what we think might be frustrating them, you know, and then, you know, giving them the power of choice to, you know, be able to have that place like a swing or a weighted blanket or something to help them calm, you know, maybe it's laying in a beanbag chair or, you know, going for a walk, like I said, but, you know, sometimes as parents, we have to be a, uh, we have to really yeah. use our noggin <laughs> to think and be a detective because sometimes these, you know, especially three and four year olds, they might not be able to just, you know, figure out even because emotions are so big, you know, emotions are so all over the place, you know what I mean? And so sometimes emotions can be scary for them and just, helping them feel supported and you know I think really helps so they know that you're a safe space you know and I remember with Skylar going through therapies with him when he was littler he would pull my hair and pull my hair and and we'd be at the grocery store or something and and it it took me because I didn't understand this was like before Skylar had the fragile x uh diagnosis and I just didn't understand what was going on. And, you know, I had to, and his therapist was very helpful. It was, he was Mm. overstimulated at the store. There was too much to look at. There was too many people. It was too much for him. So it, it was something that I had to remove him from because when we were in those situations is when he would pull my hair because there was, there was too much going yeah. on and he couldn't handle it. And so just being that detective and, and I think it's important to have supports like therapy or, you know, even a, a behavior specialist at their school or whatever to talk to and kind of figure out those situations, you know, yeah. really helps too. Um, does Skylar still at all struggle with, you know, a lot kind of going on around him, um, in the same, you know, sort of setting. Yeah. Even at home, like during, um, like during Christmas and Thanksgiving, when we had family over and it was just family, he would not come downstairs. He did not want to be around all the family and cause we all talk and it gets kind of loud. So he's not really yeah, up for that really and so he kind of stays upstairs in his own space and he would not come downstairs and tell yeah I mean I I mean Um, putting ourselves in in his shoes it's got to be you know overstimulating and just a lot of people and a lot of attention a lot of you know noise um even for myself um you know I remember my uh Christmas not 
not a this last Christmas, but the Christmas before, um, I had a whole like one side of my family over and it was so much that I actually myself had to go into another room and just kind of have a couple of minutes of quiet. Um, and so, you know, it kind of makes me think of that. Like I can totally understand how Skylar could be feeling because I think that, um, even just, uh, even just, you know, anyone can really get overstimulated by certain, um, environments. And, um, as a, as a parent, um, with a child that kind of gets overstimulated, uh, like you said, we have to, um, be, you know, aware of, of what is causing that so that we can, you know, help them, especially when, you know, they're kind of unable to communicate what it is that's going on. Um, and so that's, you know, great that you were able to utilize your resources of, um, figuring out what it was that, uh, was, you know, bothering Skylar so much. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, it can be difficult at times when he, you know, is unwilling to come and, you know, spend time with, with the family, but having family that understands that, um, is always really great. And, um, maybe that's just something that, you know, you work through with him is, is, gradually you know just having a few people over at a time you know and kind of working our way into it (laughs) 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 I just want to have his energy like truly it would it would really help me out during the day sometimes (laughs) I know. Um, Me too. But uh, was there anything else that you had to add as far as just, you know, approaches to to discipline or anything regarding just consequences to behavior? Um, I feel like we covered a good amount, but um, uh, also just any advice that you have for families that are struggling with, with either of these topics? Um. You know, to families who may be struggling, I really encourage them to to reach out, to try to reach out to other special needs parents or, you know, um, try to reach out to the school. Maybe their child's in the school and they're, they have a behavior therapist that can help out or, you know... Um, trying different things at home, you know, maybe sensory toys or, you know, getting a weighted blanket or, you know, um, a swing or something that they can use to calm down. You know, there's a lot of different um, resources out there. They can get, you know, sensory toys or whatever that will help or, you know, things like that. Um, You never know and, and don't be afraid to try new things don't be afraid to try a weighted blanket or or a swing or you know giving them that pressure that they need when they're upset or you know giving them a way of communicating it's always good to to try and see what works you know and what doesn't work and 
Absolutely. And I also think of the, um, the big Facebook group page, um, the fragile X one where so many families, um, they post on there practically daily, just asking questions about, you know, Hey, my child does this. Do you have any, you know, experience in this or any advice in this? I think that utilizing that Facebook page is, is huge too. I've seen a lot of families gain some, some great answers on there. Um, because like I was saying earlier in the, in this episode, um, Every child with fragile X is, is different, and sometimes you you have to tend to them differently compared to maybe another child with fragile X. So seeking some um, yeah. advice on that fragile X page, I think, can be really helpful. Um, I, there's so many different discussions that, you know, go on, and, and it can be a great place to connect with other uh, families with fragile X as well, um, especially when you're a newly diagnosed uh, family being a part of groups like that is, is really beneficial. Um, and just gaining advice and resources and support. So, um, yeah, um, that's about all, all I have, you know, um, for, for our listeners, I highly encourage, uh, each and every one of you, if, if you are currently, um, dealing with um, your child having aggressive behaviors and you're just unable to uh, calm them down or or maybe um, you're kind of in the midst of um, teaching them discipline and just different ways to go about that. Um, I just highly recommend so much of what Debbie shared about just giving them physical ways to um, express their their frustrations or their anger using pictures or using a pex um or just need, needing something to get their emotions out such as a swing or some type of weighted blanket as we have said um just trying out different tactics like that can really really make a difference in your child's um life and just their ability to communicate how they're feeling with you so um thank you so much debbie for being on with us i've truly loved hearing skylar in the background he's such a hoot um (laughs) he is a hoot you know what everyone listening like i said they'll understand and if anything, they'll find joy in it, and um, I'm just happy to have him on as a guest in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's been so great. What was and that? just for our listeners, Skylar is oh, 13 yes, years old, right. so yeah, Mr. Oh, teenager. I don't know how you deal with it, truly. <laughs> I don't know. Any parents on here listening that have teenage fragile X kids, yes. please <laughs> tell me. Yeah, what's right. Your secret? <laughs> Other- Thanks for tuning in to Talk FX. We hope you've left this episode feeling encouraged and knowing you're not alone on this journey with Fragile X. It is our mission to provide resources, support, and encouragement to our listeners. 
Whether you are a mom of Fragile X children, a self-advocate, or a full mutation carrier, this podcast is for you. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at TalkFragileX. You can tune in to the latest episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thank you.